0: Hey guys, we made it. We made it to the NTT20 Betting Show. The sound of the start of your weekend. What a busy week it's been to in life and in the EFL. Uh, George, this show is sponsored by our old friend Spreadex. We're back yes. together again.
1: I know we, we've had to welcome back some EFL friends recently, such as Mansfield, who didn't play for about four weeks. Carlisle, who didn't play for about six weeks, and now it's Spreadex's turn. SpreadX were our sponsors at the beginning of the season and for our pre-season special betting special they were our partners for that one as well and I'm surprised they were picking up the phone Ali, because our pre-season tips were quite good. At least I tipped up a Lincoln points buy and a Swansea points buy. Um, So, yeah, we're back on with them. We're going to be doing a couple more point spreads at the end of the show. Maybe a little competition, me versus you. But in the meantime, do sign up to SpreadX. All of the odds we're going to be using will be for their fixed odds service. They have a spread betting and fixed odds. So got you absolutely covered for all of your football betting. I'll do a little bit at the end of the show as well, just explaining some of the spread stuff um, for those of you who are new to it. Ali over to you for what is an incredible sign up offer.
0: Yes, indeed, George, a lovely offer for those of you listening who are not SpreadX customers already. Bet 10, get 10 pretty much as it sounds head to spreadexcom <laughs> forward slash ntt20 all the t's and c's are there so make sure you sign up today using that link spreadexcom forward slash ntt20 of course uh this is for over 18s only we ask that anyone listening be gamble aware and never bet more than you can afford to lose we are in celebration mode i guess after last week's betting show Probably, possibly, the best of the season so far, I think. Both Naps coming in. Shrewsbury for you and Charlton for me doing the business. You also got both your NBs in. Cardiff Mm. beating Bristol City and Donny beating your beloved Yellows. I got Wimbledon up against Wigan, but I couldn't make it six out of six. Blackburn did not do the business against QPR, who really are the bane of my life at the moment. (laughs) But if anyone listened right to the end, hopefully I made up for it by just mentioning Johnny Smith of Burton, uh, who I think at the time, Bet365, was standout 15-1, first goal scorer. Smith scoring the first goal, the only goal in that game. Uh, A lovely winning bet that was as well. So it was a good week, uh, and we hope to build on that this week. George, as you mentioned, SpreadX does fixed odds and spread. Uh, and spreads as well. So really something for everyone. We're going to start with our usual fixed odds selections. What is your nap? What is your best bet of the weekend?
1: My best bet of the weekend, and it'll come as no surprise to to most people, is um, Mansfield to beat Colchester away from home, spread X at 19 to 20. And I think Mansfield should be heavily, heavily odds on to win this one. Um, We just recorded this morning a Totally Football League show Extra Time in which we go through the relegation race in all three leagues and I'd recommend anybody go and listen to it um, and I talk about Colchester f- a fair amount in that and they are you know, to repeat myself because it's relevant if you go back to the 12th of December and the se- take the season starting there so effectively exactly two months they drew their game against Port Vale won all if you take all the matches in League two since then Colchester have picked up the fewest points they have picked up just five points in 10 games they've been absolutely shocking. If you look at the XG table from Fox Punter over the course of the season, the XG ratio table, Colchester are bottom for the whole season with 33%. Colchester are very lucky not to be embroiled in the relegation battle at the moment. And if they don't improve soon, they will be. Mansfield, on the other hand, are the side who are in some of the best form in the league. Although, as I alluded to at the top of the podcast, they haven't played much football recently recently. Any kind of signs of, of maybe a malaise after that break it didn't really look to be the case against Warsaw. Even though they went behind in that game 1-0, they ended up drawing 1-0 and, and were quite comfortably to be the better team. And if either team were going to win, it would have been them. I, I can't work out this price at all. It, it feels like a massive league table price. It feels like a, an amateur price where somebody's had a look and seen they're both kind of in mid-table and thought, yeah, um, you know, Mansfield and the team informed Colchester not. I mean, this is genuinely, in my opinion one of the best teams in the whole division against possibly the worst. Um, and if and they may well finish the season kind of third and, and 23rd or whatever, um, it's at a, a, a perfect time. I, I think they should be heavy odds on. And I'm, yeah, I, I think this morning there was a bit of odds against that Manfield. The, the money's already started to come and I don't see why
0: it would stop. Well, lucky we do this on a, a Thursday then. So we don't miss too much of the prices. I'm taking Oxford minus one against Wigan, George, Josh. to uh, to well as my nap, as my best bet this weekend. Um, I don't think there's uh, a huge amount to add about Wigan because there's been a number of different ways that I have got against them recently. Certainly last weekend, uh, they almost proved me wrong by coming back from 2-0 down against Wimbledon, uh, but did succumb to a 3-2 win for Wimbledon, which was a winner for me. Uh, obviously, I've picked a number of centre backs to score against them recently, and I'm sure that once I'm done with this, I'll have a very careful look at uh, Elliot Moore and Rob Atkinson and see if any of them might get on the end of something here. But look, in their last three, Wigan, I won't even you know, f- four games ago they got absolutely tonked by Blackpool. Um, as soon as Blackpool went ahead, it was uh, it was one way traffic really. Since then, they've had three huge games against teams around them. They lost to Swindon. They lost to Wimbledon last week, and then they beat Northampton in midweek to give them a a bit of hope, really. They are certainly not out of it by any stretch. I'd suggest that looking at those three games as a whole, looking at the fact that Northampton's performance level was so low that the board felt the need to to sack Keith Curl following that, I'm still confident in saying that, that this Wigan side with all the usual caveats about how much respect I have for the fact that they're, they're, they're still fighting, they're still going uh, amidst this carnage off the field, uh, amidst the club and the squad being stripped back and back and back. Um, I don't think they're performing to a very high standard. They, they've got a couple of players out at the moment as well, Kyle Joseph and, and Tom Pierce. And compared to Oxford, I just think there is... So much between these sides. Um, not least squad depth, which we saw for yellows in full flow in midweek. The goal scorers, Elliot Lee and Brandon Barker, both of them joining on deadline day. Both of them scoring in midweek, and both of them just adding to the options that Carl Robinson has at his disposal. Now that Branigan is back from that long-term injury. Now that the you know now that Stevens has established himself in goal, and the back four seem very settled and very solid in Ruffles, Atkinson, Moore, and Long. Um, Brannigan added to the midfield alongside Gorin and with James Henry who's such a consistent and dependable performer as well and then with Taylor up top it, it's really the wingers where I'm most excited about the depth because you've got so many different options now uh, and different types of player too from Shadipo and Lee who started in midweek you've got Sykes and, and Barker who came off the bench Ford as well as a different type of option so I'm feeling very positive about Oxford you're really rolling uh, you don't need me to tell you that I know you lost that game uh, last week against Doncaster, but it doesn't change the fact that you've won eight in nine in the league. I have a feeling once Oxford go ahead, the the more likely thing to happen is that they score more rather than we can get back into it. That's my opinion on this game. Uh, I think they're much stronger. Five of their last eight wins in this in this run um, have been have covered the minus one. So although it might seem like I'm getting a little bit greedy, uh, I am. I think Oxford are much stronger, and I think if they win, they will win comfortably. I'm taking the minus one at seven to five with Spreadex next for you friday night tomorrow evening
1: uh, we are going to be live on sky after this game it is blackburn against preston and i'm siding with the home side blackburn um preston are be in careful, a really trouble
0: be careful they were the ones that let us down for our six out of six last week yeah i know i don't really care um yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh i think that they're, they're cracking value here
1: again i mean there might be odds on so it's not particularly sexy but um, Preston are aside really struggling for form at the moment even though Ben Whiteman has come in I mean I feel sorry for Ben Whiteman who's moved from Doncaster to, to Preston got his big move as soon as he's left Donny they've gone from strength to strength until the, the fleet would result and then he's Whiteman's gone to Preston performed really well and basically can't buy a win there um, you look at the teams that they've lost to in recent weeks they've lost to Sheffield Wednesday they've lost to Rotherham they've lost to Bristol City I mean Whilst I think Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham have improved a great deal, it's not like they're being beaten by some of the better sides in the division. Um, even looking back to the FA Cup result against Wickham, which they lost four one. It's a it's a troubling run of form. Up against the Blackburn side, who continue to frustrate, really. I mean, their the home form is, is fairly good. Look at their last home win um was against Luton. And again, they they pay, pay pretty well in. They seem to struggle to score more than just the one goal, um, but I do think the Blackburn have enough about them here to to um, to really trouble Preston, who are struggling with, with weaker opposition. You look at the, the amount of attacking talent they've got, whether it is Armstrong himself, or or Elliot, or, or Dolan, who's been playing again more recently, um, or Rothwell. I mean, they've got so many good attacking players at the moment, Blackburn, and um, and I fancy them to come alive. Alive on Alive Live on Sky on Friday night. So, 17 to 20 might not be the sexiest price, um, but I think it's a case of just getting off to a bit of a flyer on the weekend and getting not quite double your money, but but not far
0: off it on a on a home win. Okay, nice. Uh, I'm going Wimbledon at evens with Spreadex to beat Rochdale. This is week three of the anti-Rochdale stance. It didn't start well, did it? <laughs> uh, as they lost against. uh they sorry, they beat Bristol Rovers, who I'd picked. Um, I think as part of that, I said it's not really about Bristol Rovers. I don't really care about them. It's very anti Rochdale. I should have known better, really, because as we've seen with Paul Tisdale losing his job, it turns out Bristol Rovers' performances levels were uh, pretty low as well. Um, but we got back to, I would say, pretty much level um, with that winner last week. Anti Rochdale stance paying off there with Charlton winning 2 0. Uh, and so we'll go week three. I think this will probably be the last week, George. I don't want to. I don't want to get samey. I don't want to get boring. But let's have one more go, and, and then we can end it my there.
1: value is value.
0: <laughs> I mean, don't seen, make any promises. I've seen nothing to suggest that I should be changing my tune when it comes to, to Rochdale. There you go. go well, but then
1: the prices might catch up, in which case you have to.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and maybe that will be the case. Uh, midweek was pretty grim, wasn't it? Thumped by MK Don's real collapse in the second half. Um, things are getting pretty... Well, it's just been... It's been weird, hasn't it because they you know there was all this fun and games about all the goals that were going in at both ends um, and sort of quietly, I think people forgot that actually they've only won one of their last 10. Even if they've scored the second most goals in that time behind behind Oxford, uh, they've only won one of those 10 games and they've conceded the most by a long way. So my stance was always that the thing that was more likely to change was that they would stop scoring quite so many goals rather than stop conceding quite so many goals. And so far, I think that's probably proven right. As for Wimbledon taking them on, I mean, you, you wouldn't normally want to back uh, a side this low in the table at even money. Uh, it shows the strength of my anti Rochdale stance when it comes to punting. But Wimbledon beating Wigan last week, they were by no means impressive, but but better enough for me to think that their standards have improved. With the departure of Glenn Hodges, where they picked up just two points in his last 11 games, um, they've had a full week of training under caretaker Mark Robinson, whereas Rochdale had a game in midweek, of course. And I just I, I don't think it took much for the atmosphere to change around at Wimbledon and rather than necessarily it be like some crazy new manager bounce. I think actually the, the general level of this team, certainly the high level of Wimbledon, I think is better than any of those other seven or six or six or seven teams down there at the bottom of League One. So I would expect that Robinson will have them up for it. I'm not quite sure that I could say the same about Barry Murphy at the moment at Rochdale. Um, and so Wimbledon, my next best at even money. Uh, George? I am going back down to League Two
1: and to Salford, who go to Bradford and a 7-5 to five with Spreadex. And I am backing them because I think maybe people haven't realised yet that Salford are now quite good. <laughs> um, they, lo- you know, they lost against Oldham in a game where they hit the woodwork three times. And you know whilst Oldham deserved credit for the way that they did win the game and it was an incredible goal from Keeler Dunn to do so, Salford should have been home and dry in that game. And and you look at the team that they're now putting out and it makes total sense. You know, you've now got Coots and Lowe sitting in midfield with Gotts and Towell ahead and Henderson up front with Hunter and, and Toure as the two wing backs. I mean, that is on paper, that's as good a kind of a front.
0: Eight or seven or whatever it is, didn't they really have, gonna see. Didn't they have the ch- the young ch- uh, Cambridge centre back was playing for Salford as well in midweek, wasn't he? Ocadino. Yes. So they had Jubriel was playing
1: for <laughs> poor Jubriel. I can't have a go on two podcasts in one day. Um he uh, he was wearing a, a Salford shirt though, apparently after the game. But um but it was but yeah, I mean they just blitzed, they totally and utterly blitzed um Cambridge and Ian Henderson was was the man who who gets all the plaudits. But I, I just feel like a midfield of low coots and towel is gonna it's just gonna dominate games at this level they're gonna have the ball more often than not they've got enough create creativity in them they've got legs around them in Torrey and Gotts and Hunter it it wouldn't surprise me if if Salford go on go on some run now towards the top end of the table at all and they're coming up against the Bradford side which I'm, I'm basically pretty happy to um to get uh against because even though the results recently have been fairly good, I think that 3-2 win, so that 3-2 defeat against Exeter have been coming, you know, they only had five shots again in the game. They've been very, very clinical under Sellers and Truman, the new caretakers. But realistically the performances, whilst they've been better, I mean, haven't been as good as the ridiculous run of form they've been in. They beat South End 3-1, they beat Barrow 2-1, two of the poorer teams in the division. And I think in both cases the scoreline kind of flattered Bradford themselves. I'm not I'm not here at all saying I think Bradford are um you know are destined to drop into the relegation places this isn't a a colchester-esque rant against them at all it's just that i'm not necessarily sure that they are as good as their recent form and therefore i'm pretty happy to side with a side in in salford that i think are are better than what they've shown recently and are going to continue improving so salford a pretty strong
0: time for my last one now and it's Newport to beat Port Vale in League 2 point eight nine to 5 with Spread X's fixed odds service now this is a little bit little bit about Newport but it's mostly about Port Vale since the start of November for Vale their record is three wins five draws 11 defeats 14 points from 19 games and not that you can yeah i know you can only beat what's in front of you george but six of those points two of the wins out of the three came against bottom two south end and grimsby both times the opposition putting in uh the sort of miserable display that we've only really seen from south end and grimsby this season so record since the start of november for Port Vale in teams not in the bottom two in league two one win five draws eleven defeats they're in they're in horrendous form like defensively they they look shot they look absolutely all over the place going forward they were never that good anyway Um, and the defense was what was sort of holding them together it felt uh, at the start of the season I I have to hold my hands up I was very wrong about this Port Vale side I thought they'd be much better than this I'm still slightly scratching my head as to quite how it has uh, exploded imploded so spectacularly but um, make no bones about it. They are one of the poorer teams in the division. Maybe not quite as as anti-them as you are on Col U, but uh, I certainly think that, I, I mean, well, the record speaks for itself. I, I would back almost any team in the division to beat this Port Vale side at the moment. And that's why I've landed on Newport uh, at nine to five. I just think it's a nice price. Newport, not in great form. Um, Of course, recently, either only one win in their last 10 league games, all these bizarre red cards that they suffered. I think at at one point it was three and three, five in their last seven. Um, And that's made them very light. Certainly in midweek, they lost to Southend. They looked really light in midfield areas, especially. This weekend, Labadie will be back from his suspension. They've got Sheehan back already. There's still one or two out uh, through suspension. I think Shepherd and Bennett. But I'm hearing really good things, George, about this lad they signed from Connor's Key, uh, Priestley Farquharson, with a name like with a name like the son of a 1700s lord. <laughs> Um, uh, he's come from non-league we've had a few nods about him already which given that Newport aren't playing particularly well I always think it almost means more when people are appointing players out from, from teams that are losing it's not the sort of popular choice apparently he's got a monster long throw as well so that's another tick in the box for Priestley Farquharson <laughs> um, and so I'm hoping that he will, will continue to grow into his, his uh, nascent EFL career they've got Nicky Maynard and, and Podge Amond up front I, I know that these players are probably not what they once were but I still think that they could they could certainly they, they have the now Put it this way to to trouble this rather all over the place Port Vale back line um Vale have been just desperate defensively so I'm hopeful that with Sheehan providing the bullets for those two um they can hurt them Newport I also think a positive that they're playing away from home they haven't got a very good away record this season but in recent games that Newport pitch as we predicted has completely scuppered their plans of playing any football, essentially. So um, the Vale pitch, where they haven't had a home game for a while now, it should be, weather permitting, much better than Newport's, which I think will suit County fine. And, yeah, in my mind in this one, I I just I still have them rated better than Vale. So um, for me not to think that the fact that this is an away game has a huge impact, in, in my opinion. Anyway, I think 2.8 is a nice price here. So I'm on Newport uh, as my last of the NBs. Uh, how about a long shot? Do you have a long shot for me before we do mm. our spreads? It's not that long, but it's it's a, it's a longer shot.
1: It's just Pompey at 14 to five and BTTS against Crew. Mm. Um Crew failed to score last time out against Posh. It was the first time in I think 14 games they hadn't scored in the league, dating back to November uh, against Accrington. Um, And that's not a surprise. You look at the team, you look at the way they're set up, you look at the way that they play. And, um, you know, you can see the David Artel side are one that like to attack, but often they don't keep many clean sheets themselves for that reason, especially with the loss of Perry and G not helping at all in that sense. Um, And, I mean, Pompey side who I'm still very keen to to get with, we saw a little mini blip in January where they lost two home games in a row against Hull and Lincoln. And their home form generally is very, very poor. But away from home, they are a different beast, um, as we see from four wins on, on the trot. And those wins have come against Ipswich, Hull, Fleetwood and Charlton. Um, so four teams, I would say, better than Crew. Um, I wouldn't put you off a Crew cell in the point spreads for anybody listening hard there at the moment, um, but with Pompey, um, yeah, I mean, I expect them to have too much for Crew. I expect Crew to, to have their chances. Wouldn't surprise me if it's a high-scoring game. I'll be backing Pompey to win alone, but I think the BTTS gives us a nice angle in as well.
0: Very similar vibe uh, for mine actually. Donny and BTTS at five to one up at Sunderland this weekend. Uh, again, uh, won't go on about it too much, but. With seven points between them now, Donny uh, having played two games fewer and seven points ahead of Sunderland, like, I'm I'm pretty confident of saying that Doncaster are the better football team, if not the bigger name. Um, I know that Sunderland, as as we might get on to in, in this spread betting chat, are still rated to, to finish the season strongly. Um, and I want to see in recent performances under Lee Johnson... Why that will be, I, I want to see the evidence and I haven't necessarily seen that yet. So I'm still, I, I think they are improved, but I, I just, you know, I don't think they're sorted in any in any way at all, Sunderland. So uh, Donny, they may have lost in midweek, but I still think that they're the better side. Um, and I, I think that goals are, are likely Sunderland playing with... with a lot of intent at the moment and Donnie will thrive with it with space to play into Taylor Richards in transition a pretty deadly tool so I'm thinking maybe a 2-1 or a 3-1 I'll take Donnie and BTTS at five to one against Sunderland just a reminder guys that if you're not a SpreadX customer already you can bet 10 and get 10 if you sign up by going to spreadexcom forward slash ntt20 Uh, Maybe you fancy one of the things we've mentioned there, maybe something of your own. But yeah, bet £10. You'll get uh, whatever you stake on that first bet of yours you can use as a free bet as well. T's and C's on that page, spreadx.com forward slash ntt20. Okay, George, we welcome SpreadX back into the betting show fold and that means we're going to start talking again about spread betting. So tell me, what are we going to do for this last section of the show?
1: Well, we're both going to pick out a a, a team from each league whose points we're going to buy and before we do that, I mean, if, if you know spread betting or whatever, just scrub along for a minute or so, or just listen to me talking about it again. Um, the, the way that spread betting works is, is easiest, I think, to explain using points spreads because everybody knows that a team is going to end up with a certain amount of points at the end of the season. Yes, spread it, spread. <laughs> We all know that. If you, if you don't know that and you're listening to this podcast, please, please don't do anything uh, involved in betting. <laughs> um, so if, if you if you go onto the SpreadX site and you go to any league, you'll see outright spread prices, point spreads, and they are effectively a sell price and a buy price for each team as to how many points they're going to finish the season on. So if we go to, for example, the championship, at the top of the championship, you have Brentford who are 89 points to sell and 90.5 points to buy. So that means if you think that Brentford are going to get less than 89 points, say you sell for a pound and they get 87 points, you get two times your stake, right? So the distance between whatever you've said and whatever the, the price was you sold or bought at times by your stake. So if, you're, if your stake is a fiver, that doesn't mean you're betting a fiver. You know, you can lose more than you deposit or more, you know, depending on how far away it ends up. Similarly, if you sell at 89, and they end up getting 95 points, and you sell for a pound, then you're going to lose six times your pound. So you can see it goes either way, as far as it as far as it goes, important to really understand spread betting before you get involved, because it is different to betting. And if you have any questions, you know, I've been spread betting for a long time, I do most of my football betting, at spread betting, I think it's a way to really maximise your, your edges if you think you've got them Specifically, these markets. These are my favourite markets. Um, well, this is basically how I do all man-to-post betting anyway. So, <clears throat> I'm a fan. Do DM me at George Ellick on Twitter if you want to ask me any questions. But we've done this in the past. I've I've had loads of people getting in touch, um, and loads of people getting in touch as well with their good bets, which is nice to see.
0: So, just don't let yeah. his uh, just don't let his blue tick intimidate you. He's just he's, <laughs> he's just like you and I. He is just <laughs> like you and I. And what we thought we would do here, George, isn't it? Is both. Get, both pick one team for each league that we think might be a buy between now and the end of the season using the SpreadX uh, spreads.
1: Yeah, and, and there is something called a supremacy, which is where you buy and sell one value over another. So for example, if you're going to buy um, for tomorrow night's game, Blackburn uh, against um, Preston, where I'm going to get the prices up now, the supremacy there is 0.5, 0.7. That's how many goals over or under the other one. And I've asked the guys at SpreadX if they can price up a George versus Ali point supremacy on the teams we both said we're going to we're going to buy. I'm not necessarily sure they're going to be able to do it. But I'm just mentioning it in case they can. In which case, you can. If you think I'm making perfect sense, and you think Ali's talking nonsense as usual, then you can put that into uh, into into monies let's say um but yeah we picked a, a team from one team from the championship one team from league 1 one team from league 2 whose points we're going to buy so it has to be a buy ali i'll let you have first run if you want
0: yeah i am going to buy swansea like you did at the very start of the season um their buy price is 83.5 They're currently on 53 points, so I would need them to get 31 points in order to start making money, Uh, and anything above that, we really would be excited. So that's 31 points for Swans from 19 games. 1.63 points per game is the magic number there. Swans currently on 1.96 for the season. So you can see that SpreadX, the traders, they do not fancy Swansea to continue in the same vein in the final third of the season as they have done for... The first two thirds, 30 points or fewer, and we'd be losing money here. So Spreadex basically think that from now to the end of the season, Swansea will get the sixth most points. Above them, they've got Brentford, Norwich, Watford, Bournemouth and Blackburn, interestingly. This will likely be heavily performance data driven. As you know, we put a lot of importance into the performance data as well when it comes to being predictive. Anyone who keeps up to date with XG ratio tables in the championship will know that Swansea are pretty low in those tables. And I would suggest that there is... Um, there are a few excuses for it, while also not saying that it doesn't mean anything whatsoever. I certainly think game state, the amount the, the amount that they are ahead in games, the amount that they are sitting on those leads, and uh, as is the case, often invariably getting the second goal as well will probably have an impact. Um, but it's true that they don't project quite as well as, uh, as a Brentford or a Norwich. Um, I think I'll know, George, if this is going to be a big winner or not by the end of this month because their, their, their next five games, to me, all look very winnable. They've got Sheffield Wednesday, Nottingham Forest, Huddersfield, Coventry and Bristol City. We know that this isn't how the championship works and that predicting a points tally from a group of games like that is very dangerous. But let's say Swans continue as they have done recently and get 10 points from those five games, which is what I would project. Then we'd be in a position where we'd only need 21 points or more from 14 games and I'd be getting pretty excited at that stage. More good things about Swans for this for me. They've played the top two home and away uh, and outside of Brentford and Norwich, there's there's really no one that I would fear if I was Swansea. If there's one team that I could trust to continue beating, in inverted commas, the underlying numbers, it's a team whose defensive structure I can absolutely trust one who rarely, if ever, give up big chances in games. One whose manager has shown uh, pragmatism to adapt to difficult circumstances, whether it be a bad pitch or uh, an, or a funky opposition. Um, he, he has shown his ability to adapt for the good of the team to win games at this level. Also a team that added to their first team in January with Connor Harrihan and some depth as well in Morris and Freeman and Ariola as well. And a team that seemed to be full of those beautiful intangible qualities that uh, that sometimes exist, sometimes can be hard to put your finger, th- finger on and sometimes might be a bit of a smokescreen. But I think they can be the sorts of things that get you through a promotion battle. Now, I'm not saying that I think Swansea will definitely finish in the top two, but I don't see them falling away hugely. So if they can continue on a similar vein, then they should easily get, in my eyes, 31 points or more from their last 19 games. And that's the magic number for me. So I'm buying Swansea at 83.5 for my championship pick. What are you doing in the champ?
1: I'm going to do back to back, mate. I'm going to do Championship and League One. I'm buying Sheffield Wednesday points, which surprises me as well. And, and for full disclaimer here, I had a pretty busy day today and a very quiet day yesterday. So I spent a lot of yesterday doing my research for this, and of course, um, or maybe even Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Sorry. So the teams have played since then, but <clears throat> I worked out once you accounted for Sheffield Wednesday were 53 to buy on on Tuesday. And once you accounted for games in hand and all of that, that worked out at 1.15 points per game. They, of course, won a game they're expected to win against Wickham. and they're now 54.3 to buy, Sorry, 54.5 to buy, which worked out at about 1.3 points per 1.13 points per game. That is the second lowest anticipated in the whole of the championship, um, and that is a surprise because while Sheffield Wednesday are in the relegation zone, they. Have not, you know, if you're looking at a points per game, um, if you're looking at points per game methods, they are 17th, 16th. It's because of the six points deduction that they're there. You know, they've averaged 1.21 so far with their um, with their points all of 34 and 28. They only need 21 points from their remaining 18 games in order to get into profit. Not only that, but that the guys that they're in at the moment, you know, this iteration of Wednesday is definitely better than the Tony Pulis iteration. It is better than the Gary Monk early season form. I'm not convinced under Neil Thompson they're going to continue the way they are, but they don't need to. You know, they don't need to. They they, they only have to carry on going at the rate they have been so far this season. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure why they are so low, um, but I'm looking to, to maximise that. And you're going to see a bit of a trend, I think, in terms of the the teams that I'm picking, because I'll go straight into League One to prevent any delays. And uh, And I'm going for Burton Albion. Um, who are bottom of the of uh, of the of League One. And this is more to do with the um, with, with the players they've been able to bring in, with the managerial change as well. Jimmy floyd hasbank coming in immediately made an impact there. You look at the players that were brought in over January as well. Johnny Smith, Josh Earl, Ryan Broom, Sean Clare. Big upgrades on what they already had. And was played out on the pitch with a um, with a 1-0 win against Tabletop as Hull. Um, you know, they are down 43 to buy, which is again about 1.16 points per game. That would have them fourth lowest from here till the end of the season. I fancy them as a team who have a hell of a lot to play for, who should only improve on that Hull performance early on. You know, they probably need to be mid-table in order to avoid relegation or maybe a little bit higher. And I kind of fancy them to do that. And if they're going to do that, then they're going to far eclipse what they're in for at the moment, which is the lowest points haul in the league. So um, annoyingly, I actually bought at 43 and a half myself on Tuesday. Their game was called off and they've gone down half a point, which is good for those people listening. Um, but yeah, I think it's a bit of a bet to nothing, really. You'd be surprised, you know, even if they if they repeat their form from the first half of the season, they're not going to fall much short of this. You're not going to do in too much. The only way that this is a big loser is if they completely fall apart, which I just can't really see happening. So, Burton Albion, my my second.
0: Right, and I'm continuing this slightly annoying theme of picking teams that you picked pre-season and are going to make (laughs) a lot of money on. Uh, So, I mean, this is Lincoln in League One. Uh, I just think... Similarly to Swansea, I think they are, yeah, the SpreadX traders have them around the fifth or sixth uh, most uh, projected points from this point on in League One based on their spreads. And I think that's wrong. I think that Lincoln are the best team in this league. Uh, I think that the performance data shows that just as much as the league table does, to be quite honest. So. In terms of the bet, I'm buying Lincoln's points at 85. They're currently on 52 points with 20 games to go. So 33 points from 20. To hit the mark, 32 points or fewer, and we'll be losing anything above 33, and we will be laughing. 1.65 points per game from here on out is the magic number to hit. Anything above that would be great. Of course, Lincoln currently flying high. They're currently on two points per game uh, based on what they've done so far this season, and it's been consistent as well. I think that's what stands out to me, and that's why I'm I'm confident that there won't be some like crazy drop off here. Sunderland, with the data kings. ...early in the campaign uh, in terms of the XG ratio because of some incredible defensive numbers not being sustained. Hull and Blackpool are currently the other teams who are projecting pretty well on recent numbers and going back maybe a month or two. But there's Lincoln City at the top of pretty much every chunk of, uh, of performance data you can find in League One... They create a lot of chances, albeit somewhat boosted by penalty numbers. That's probably the the big sort of red flag, I guess. And they don't let the opposition create very many. So they're good going forward and at the back. They can adapt to different opponents. We saw them winning against Gillingham with a really smart game plan from, uh, from Appleton. Really, really smart game plan. He made Gillingham play in a way that, that made them uncomfortable and then basically mopped up when they couldn't handle it. And I thought it was absolutely excellent. They can win games in different ways. You know, they've had they've had games where the, the, they've come up against very low block teams, and they've had to be patient, and they've had to work it a bit more. And they've got that nice mix in the uh, mix in the team. I think, according to Soccer Stats Run In Analysis, which basically looks at all the fixtures that you've got remaining and weights your opposition. You know, if you're playing at home to Gillingham next game, the points per game uh, value for them is only based on their PPG away from home. So it it, it works out basically how easy or hard your run is and adds an extra layer that isn't just league table position, but actually points per game, home or away. And if you look at that, they've got the easiest run in Lincoln of any team in the top 10. So uh, there's lots of reasons why I want to be buying Lincoln points. I mean, I would have rather bought it pre-season, George. You must be pretty chuffed with that. You suggested a buy of Lincoln at 64 points on the Mm. pre-season pod. 12 more points to hit that with 20 games to go. You must be pretty excited about that.
1: Yes, I am. Uh, it's looking, it's looking good at the moment. I, I nearly I thought about uh, closing a few weeks ago. It was just after this, the Sunderland game, and luckily I kind of held
0: firm, and I'm now happy to let it run.
1: I think till the end of the season.
0: Now, who are you going for in League Two? I like how we're basically taking quite a different strategy here. I'm taking teams <laughs> towards the top that I think will maintain it, and you're taking teams towards the bottom who you think will will improve.
1: Yeah, and I'm doing the same again here, although I think they've already improved.
0: Um, I am
1: going for Scunthorpe, who I'm going to be buying at 57. Um, They're a side who were initially, I think I possibly ticked them up for a point sale. Anyway, I sold their points. Interestingly, I actually sold their points and Burton's points pre-season and closed both of them for for profit. And now I'm buying them both, Um, (laughs) which shows you've got to be malleable. You know, you've got to react to what's going on. And um, yeah, I mean, that, the current PPGT end of the season has gone to fourth bottom. I think that's wrong. I think they are improving under a rookie manager and have been pretty solidly mid-table now for the last couple of months. I, they, all they have to do in order to hit the 57 points is get 1.2 points per game, which is exactly what they've been getting so far this season. And I think they, you know, if you take their points per game of the last 10 games, it's much better than that. I, I think they're a mid-table side who are being priced up as if they're still relegation fodder. Um, you know, they're... Their points per game they're priced up for is the same as, for example, Colchester and Stevenage. And I think they're way better than both. So yeah, Scunthorpe, my my number three.
0: And in keeping with the themes, I'm gonna be buying Cheltenham town <laughs> at uh, at seventy-eight. They're on forty-four so far, Cheltenham from twenty-six games, so not too dissimilar to Lincoln. I need thirty point thirty-four points for them. Uh, from their remaining 20 to hit the number and any more than that will be profit any less than 34 points from that 20 no good so those are the sorts of things you need to be working out i as you guys well know by now am a big fan of mike duff a big fan of this cheltenham side but i found the league two spreads really difficult and i think there's there's a big part of this which bears mentioning when you're doing any sort of points buy or sell I think a spread bet, and George, you've, you've kind of mentioned it there in your explainer, you, you have to have an extra layer of thinking, an extra layer of, of trust, I guess, in your selection to a normal fixed odds bet because it's not just the upside that you want. It's 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 trusting in a team, basically, that you can believe in to not completely bomb. Because, of course, if things really go tits up, then, uh, then you're on the hook for a little more than you would ordinarily be. And yeah, this is a, a case of trust, really. I trust Cheltenham Town. It's nothing new um, for me on this podcast. It's nothing particularly sexy. I, in fact, I've said it so often, I almost feel bad that I don't give better analysis. But I suppose it's rare, in a sense, that you get a team and a manager that stay together for for two seasons in the same division, and, and therefore you get to this point where they're, you know, it's it's set in stone almost. Um, they had a poor run recently, Cheltenham, but the numbers themselves stayed fairly robust. I don't want to flippantly just put it all down to a cup run and playing Manchester City in the FA Cup. I think that probably had a bit of an impact. But then they also drew a lot of games where they were just, they were the better side, but they weren't at their absolute best. I think that they can now really focus on finishing the league season strongly. They'll be absolutely desperate to get a promotion that they probably would have felt like they deserved in a weird way last season and didn't get after that miserable second leg against Northampton. But if the weather stays bad and pitches stay bad as well, You know, Mike Duff actually said in the week where they won uh, that it it was like war of attrition stuff. And I think actually that suits... It doesn't necessarily suit Cheltenham in general because they want to play. They can play properly. But I think they are really robust compared to a lot of those other teams at the top. I think they can thrive in poor conditions. I also think that this by might be a, a case of a, a final furlong burst, George, because they they got 20 games left. The next 10 are quite tough and then their last 10 are much, much kinder. So I'm hopeful for a really strong finish to the season for Cheltenham. But really it's just, you know, I didn't have a huge strong fancy in League 2 and this is about trusting that this team isn't going to completely bomb and let me down. Uh, I've been backing Cheltenham for a while now and it's a stance I'm more than happy to have. I'm buying them at 78 Uh, and as I say, they're currently on 44 from 26. So uh, anything more than 34 points from their last 20 games and I'll be very, very happy. 34 from 20 is of course uh, 1.7 points per game. So it won't be easy. Uh, but I believe in Mike Duff and the boys. So that's it for this week's NTT20 betting show. Hopefully you head into the EFL weekend well-armed with some opinions. Whether they're the same as ours, it doesn't really matter. But hopefully you've got your your thinking caps on. and um, Please do make sure that you don't bet more than you can afford to lose. This uh, podcast, obviously, for over-18s only. Thank you so much to SpreadX for re-sponsoring us we look forward to that partnership developing over the next few weeks or so um, make sure you head to spreadx.com guys slash ntt20 where you can sign up and do the old bet 10 get 10 offer uh, you can see t's and c's of that offer at spreadex.com forward slash ntt20 let us know as ever what you think about this show on twitter at ntt20 pod and we'll be back again on the monday show to review the weekend